0: Hey. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. If you want to support the podcast, the best way is to hit subscribe wherever you listen. And if you like an episode, I'd really uh, appreciate if you shared it on social or shared it with a friend. Thank you. And I appreciate and love you guys. I <laughs> All right, man. Well, th- well thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time. Welcome to a guy trying to figure life out podcast. Uh, so we have Andrew Oosterhouse with us today, the man, the myth, the uh, the legend. Uh, Oost, uh, how how would you introduce yourself if you were going to introduce yourself to to the world?
1: Well, let's start with by pronouncing the last name correctly. It's actually Oosterhouse. Oosterhouse. All these years, you've been saying at Oosterhouse, but it's actually uh, the European way and the Dutch way of saying is actually Oosterhouse. Oosterhouse. Would
0: you prefer that I started correcting myself and started saying Oosterhouse? No, <laughs> no,
1: uh, That's all good. The um, no, hey, listen, I'm I'm just the guy trying to figure it out too. That's why I think it's it's great to be uh, exploring that topic with you. Today. Cool, man.
0: Uh, but so, but uh, like, dig into it a little bit more though. Like, if, if you were to describe yourself to someone that that you hadn't met if you're just in kind of in brief like how would you describe yourself i always find it interesting how people describe themselves
1: yeah i mean i'd say passionate uh you know guy that has a balance of substance and style uh i always a big believer in that kind of magical mix that that you want to have because you meet people that have a lot of substance but can't build relationships and then you get guys that have really strong relationships, but they don't have a lot of substance or fact behind them. So I think, he, you know, that. hopefully is the way I would describe myself is build the relationships, but also have a, a base of knowledge of, you know what I'm talking about. So oh, I always
0: like to, to mix it up. So one of these things is uh, exploring a little bit of, I think a lot of people, you can look at the surface and they, you just think that they're killing it. And a lot of those people are actually, uh, you know, they're going through stuff that you won't expect. And then on the other side of it, you look at some people that you'd think would be struggling, but they're just going through, they're just living life. You know, they're just not living it on your scoreboard. Um, so maybe starting out a little bit from the, the work side and then flipping over to the personal. One of the reasons we're doing this podcast now is you're going through a ton of change, all of it. Being pretty awesome. Uh, so what what do you do for work, Oost?
1: Yeah, uh, in marketing. So uh, just accepted a job in, in New York City, the Big Apple, as a global director uh, on Stelleritois, which is one of our three global brands. And so one of the
0: things I always I, I love uh, talking about marketing, although uh, you know, like just I. I I did obviously the same degree as you, but I never took it any farther than that. Um, What's the big difference? So you're, uh, you know, what head of Budweiser light for uh, head of Budweiser for Canada, and then you're going to like a global role for Stella Artois. Like, what's what's the big change there? Like, like how does that really change going from like a country to like a global role?
1: Yeah, uh, it's a great question, I, and I challenge you first. I, I think you have applied your marketing degree. I think you're doing it right now uh, in terms of sharing ideas and selling ideas and chasing them, so I think you're on the same page as, as myself. I, mean, I, I started in uh, sales, actually, even before the marketing job in Canada and was in downtown Toronto. I think you probably came out to some of those events and uh, in our 20s, and, I, and at that time, I was managing. I'm essentially a little marketer in one little you know a city working with customers to create programs to try to get people to come into their accounts. And then, uh, you know, in Budweiser, Canada, the scale became a national one. So getting to create campaigns that hopefully made people across Canada want to buy the brand. And, and, uh, now I am going to a global stage in the global scope scope. So it's really just, you know, at the heart of it, you're trying to find ideas that people care about. It's just the scale is changing. That's cool. Um, one of and
0: maybe just taking it to a bit of a base level like I always think of something as big as Budweiser or Stella and like I'd almost feel a little bit overwhelming that it was so big that anything that I did I uh, I don't know if I necessarily feel like I'd move the needle like how do you feel like you actually make an impact with the things that you're doing and the programs you're running like just even from like a pure business side of, you know, increasing market share.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's obviously those pure measurables that the company has as targets from net revenue to market share, the certain brand uh, attributes that you're trying to move. But I think it's it's something when I simplify my team and the guy that took over from me, I said, it's simple in the day. I think your objective should be to lead the job better than you found it and you know, you can define it lots of different ways. I always think about what other people would say. If, yes, you've left the brand in a better position than when you found it. The marketers are traditionally very um, hyperbolic with some other accomplishments. So the way other people see it, I think if they view what you've done with the brand and left it in a better state, and then consumers also agree with you in, in terms of they respond to the brand that's usually a probably a good starting point for cool you know, success. and
0: uh, maybe just like a last thing i I'm, i just love talking about the marketing side so I'm, I'm asking a couple more questions there but i just find it really interesting um you've done some really cool uh campaigns what would you say is one of your favorite campaigns that you have run or that you're more most proud of
1: man it's it's tough uh, Colin, I think it, the last 16 months have been the most enjoyable run professionally I've ever had. And it's, you know, people always say enjoy what you do, but I get tremendous. It was 100% uh, a lot of fun from the first time we ever did a partnership with Wayne Gretzky, which, you know, obviously he's an icon. And, and there's lots of reasons why that partnership should not have happened. Uh, but is, we made it happen. Is there anything you could share on um, why it should have happened? Well, there's a lot of regulation, the way the advertising rules work, and then obviously uh, he had a previous relationship with our main competitor. Um, But at the heart of what made uh, us get it across the line is that the idea was really interesting for him. So he put aside previous relationships he had and decided to move forward with us. And then you know, I, I have a saying that's push past no. In life, it's amazing. All the time, people always want to say It's easy to say no. It's hard to say yes. It's hard to find the yes. And I think the example there was, it was a really good one where we just started asking questions around, with respect to the regulations because Wayne has his own wine. So, his, some of these rules that people would think would limit his ability to advertise an alcohol beverage because of appeal to youth and, and celebrity endorsement, we were able to say, well, here's all these other examples. How does that work? And got it to a position where we were able to get across the line. So, I was, that one I was pretty proud of. Um, Metallica is another one. I mean, if you think Metallica has never, ever done a partnership with any alcohol brand in the world. And, you know, just a little country of Canada, we were able to knock that idea through with them, which was in Quebec, uh, you know, essentially celebrated the opening of the Videotron Center in Quebec City, which is a symbol of hope that Quebec will get the hockey team back. Um, so, that, you know, that was awesome. Uh, we did some of the Arcals, which I'd say is more luck than anything, but. You know, to be part of was become their best song of all time called "Knocking at the Door." It was crazy. Like I was in the studio. Uh, like you know, we've made a music video together for three weeks, which is unheard of in the music business. Um, and now it's like you know, uh, it's a home run anthem, or sorry, a sport anthem that has been used on Super Bowl to the World Series to the NHL playoffs. It's uh, it was pretty cool to be just a witness of that. Uh, I, I thought that was that cool. That was
0: a uh... I'd say the highlight of your your one of the highlights of the wedding was uh, your wedding song when he uh, came and sung too. Uh, uh, I I'll, I'll never forget that actually.
1: Yeah, man. what was awesome. Is he's, he's an awesome guy, and it's funny. Uh, you know, professionally, again, I always tell people uh, take the meeting. Uh, it's, it's amazing how when you take meetings, you can spark ideas, and it may not be directly in that moment where you meet with somebody. But there's something that's said or, or an idea that's pitched will oftentimes morph itself into something else that becomes uh, really important to you. And, and this is a great example. Like a mutual contact reached out, said, "Hey, the Arkells want to meet. They would love you to use their music in your in, uh, ad for the Blue Jays this year." When we met for lunch, none of their music that they currently had fit the tone we were trying to deliver on the on the track. And so, you know, within 10 minutes, Max and I were on the same side of perspective of life and we're getting along really well and he just said listen i got a song in my head that i think could work for you let me uh let me write you a demo and i'll send it to you this weekend and then you know the rest is history it's amazing example of just you know Um, so
0: taking it a step back i think it would be easy to look you're you're one of the the few uh people i know that's in the the decade club with your boy uh colin dyer and I think a lot of people would, you know, just be able to chart like a a direct line and a steep slope uh, from you know where you started uh, the management trainee program to where you're headed right now, and they'd just be like, "Well, that guy's just like got it." Um, what would be some bumps along the way that maybe people don't know about? You know, what was what was harder about that, or what were some of those maybe dips that you overcame? career
1: was. yeah, man, I'd say it's business maturity, uh, and I, I always tell people now, everything before thirty is experience, but it's hard when you're, you know, in your twenties, you always make more money leaving than staying, and so it's, it's tempting to want to jump around and face paychecks, but if you find yourself in, in jobs where you're creating a wealth of experience and building a toolbox. Because as much as university is about you know education, the experience side is invaluable. So the more that you get exposed to ideas, especially in marketing, which is, a, at the end of the day, is a balance of art, science, and discipline. The art part of it only comes with time and seeing different ideas and understanding how agencies work and, and identifying you know how to get things through a company to get it to market. Those, those art elements take time. And I, I think that was always a struggle because you're an ambitious guy coming out of university, and uh, you, you want to accelerate your career. And usually, uh, you know, when you're younger, accelerating your career is defined by how much money you make. So I think that that probably was my biggest thing when I look back. Having the patience to understand that you know the experience you're getting in the near term is you know exponentially more valuable over the long term than jumping for No,
0: I. Its one of the things I, I try and tell myself and also just for the anyone that asks you know some people I see it was kind of you know 10 years ago earlier in their careers I uh, prioritize growth and, and learning over title and money because you know what seems like a lot you know if you talk about the difference between like making 50 grand or 75 grand that seems huge right It's like a 50% difference but you know in the grand scheme of things it's you know it's nothing.
1: Um, hey, actually, sorry. Go ahead. Well, and I actually I know that on that because, like, when people travel, right, it's the hardest thing. Once you graduate university, you say, you know what, I'm going to pause chasing the money and I'm going to go, you know, experience some life. But it's the most valuable. Like, you learn. I when I graduated, I went, you know, and lived overseas and traveled to Asia and, and Australia. And man, I look back at that, and it's it's such a valuable time where you learn, you know, a lot about yourself. To be honest. But then I always tell people like you're there and you're in, you know, Queenstown and you're thinking about going skydiving, but you're a starving student with lots of debt out of university and it's 300 bucks and you're like, Oh, I'm not sure if I should do it. But man, $300 in the grand scheme of things, like think how much more money would take to get you back to that spot in 10 years when you have the money to be able to do it. So I just think it's it's such an important idea that, you know, a lot of people talk about experiences, live a life less ordinary, whatever you want to call it. But man, it's so true that you should take advantage of. Uh, you know, options. what's funny
0: though, is I took that, uh, well, I, I like, I didn't go for as long as you. I, I went for you know two months. Uh, but I, I did that to the extreme where, <laughs> you know, I was like, when are we going to be back here again? We've got to do it. <laughs> and I, I like racked up like 20 grand worth of debt in a minute. So, but I don't regret any of it. So yeah. it's awesome.
1: How you live in a million dollar house in, uh, <laughs> Fort Erie? You're good.
0: Um, so, I. Uh, yeah, well actually would love there's one of the things that i wanted to talk to you about because i do think we actually think about those things in a similar way um when you're making like career decisions so whether that is to stay at your company uh, or to take a new job or to move to the u.s like you are now or you know i'm sure you've had a ton of really cool uh job opportunities come your way like what would you say are two or three? What are the two or three variables that you use to to make a decision? Like how do you how do you grade that decision?
1: Yeah, my my career is always I always you know, find my happiness or, or, uh, uh, off of do I feel like I'm growing and do I enjoy what I'm doing? And there may be times in your career where you're not growing, but boy, you're having a ton of fun and you're like take it for what it is you know, do those things. There's some times where you may not really enjoy what you're doing, but you're growing a lot and you're you're sacrificing short-term. But if you don't enjoy what you do and you don't feel like you're growing, that's the time for you to move on. And uh, for me, it's always been one of it's never been both those things in the negative. Um, You know, I'm I'm lucky that the the approach of our company and the culture of the company is to move people quickly and challenge and constantly stretch. So you always feel like you're growing to some extent. But then, you know, obviously been really blessed that Especially the last few years, i have really enjoyed what what I've been doing. So, I think that's sort of the lens that I look through uh, decisions and um, my satisfaction with the job.
0: I, uh, I you know you know I think mine are are fairly similar, which is why I asked you. Uh, I I look at it through the lens of growth. So that one's like, am I learning? Am I growing? Um, and then I like looking at it. It's the experience that I'm having uh, and who I get to have them with. So if I was to break it out into to three and it, it breaks it out into and I, the, and one of the reasons I like that is, um, you know, you can have a great experience but by yourself. It's, you know, it kind of sucks sometimes. I think it's like, the experience are so much sweeter with the people you do them with. Uh, you know, everything from like, you know, like having a bath with my kids or, you know, you know, going on a insane trip like we were just talking about uh Australia. Um so it's kinda how I helped break it down. And it was, what's kept me sort of at work is I've worked with some really cool people which has been really fun and really smart people. Um maybe uh maybe flipping it a little bit more. One of the things uh one, one of the things I was motivated to get you on the the podcast is i've known you for a long time how long have we known each other maybe 20 20 years in
1: grade nine yeah 20 years
0: probably around that um is i you you have like uh you have in a lot of scenarios a, a big personality uh but what i think is really cool is whenever you know you you get you one on one, or we talk about things a little longer. You've uh, you've really thought things out a lot, you know, and you you're actually very deep. When uh, you know, sometimes people write off when when look that deep because uh, because of that personality. When you you come in a room and how much energy you bring. Uh, what's something that people might not know about you, but like Andrew uh, from from a personal side, and I know I didn't prep for that one, but.
1: Yeah, that, that's a good question, man. I think, uh, uh I think I, probably think maybe people don't realize is how much enjoyment you get out of being able to have uh, share things and have a positive impact on other people. I think, you know, that's uh, you know, a few years ago, Dan Noble and I were sitting having our dinner and drinking wine, and it's uh it's probably a question you're trying to answer. We're all trying to answer some some sense, right? It's how do we define ourselves in this time we have? And we kind of boiled it down. You touched on the one side of it, right? Passion, personality, like do what other people talk about doing, like have that energy to leave your mark. I think it was one side of the equation. But the other one was, you know, uh, impact people in a positive way. And I think it connects really well to the previous subject too, right? What what I love about uh, where I've worked is that it's really easy for me to help somebody out. It has a huge impact on them from, you know, they're getting married and they're looking for a, you know, a bachelor or a stag and prize or, you know, somebody's come down and wants to go to a baseball game with like your kid who's never been to a Jays game. I, I think, you know, the, my, my career has enabled me to, to be able to give those things to people. And I think I take a lot of uh, satisfaction from that. So I, I probably people wouldn't know that.
0: And, uh, and then if I was to, to flip it, too, um, I think you're a very talented guy in a lot of different ways. If you were to sort of narrow down your, your talents of uh, maybe something that that sets you apart or a mixture of one or two things that you think set you apart, because there's obviously been a, a lot of talented people that sort of came in with you to uh, and and Budweiser. You know, we're in that training class, but, you know, haven't taken the same, same path. Like what's one thing that you do better than everyone else?
1: Well, I mean, I would say, I'm not sure if it's better than everyone else, I'm a big believer in the, uh, do really well. It doesn't have
0: to be better than everyone else makes it comparative. So what's one thing that you think you do really well?
1: I think it, it comes down to uh, an insight I had in, in university in my freshman year. And I remember sitting in marketing uh, class looking around and there's, whatever, 150 people taking the same degree. There's four years of this at Guelph. There's probably 40 other universities that are doing the exact same program. So there is a bunch of people that are doing the exact same thing in, in terms of an undergrad uh, degree that I have or uh, I'm pursuing. So how are you going to differentiate yourself? And, uh, I realized like one of the biggest ways to, to differentiate yourself is to try to jump as high as you can and take risks, the risks to fail. And it always struck me meeting guys as a freshman that were fifth year guys that, you know, weren't starting, but they were just happy to be on the team. And you talk to them like, why aren't, you know, do you have any desire to be an all star or be a starter? And they're like, no, nah, you know, if I worked out, I could be a starter. Or you talk to somebody after an exam and they say, well, if I didn't go out last night, I could have gotten an A. Or if I studied, I could have gotten an A. And it was interesting because I was like, well, why don't you just do it? All right? Like, If it matters, why are you building in these excuses? And, and I think it's a very true human instinct to want us to protect ourselves by having some built-in excuses. Because it's a very humbling thing if you give everything you possibly can after a goal and fail. Because then you can't blame anybody but yourself. And I think that's a very humbling thing. So uh, uh, my mindset was I'd rather look in the mirror and say I wasn't good enough than worry if if I didn't do everything possible. And, and so I think ever since that point on, I was, my attitude was to, to try as hard as I can to academically and athletically. And then when you get into the, the career is chase jobs, take on responsibility and take risks in your job and don't be afraid of failure. I mean, in the day, it's a pretty – um unnerving feeling when you're releasing things into the world that like millions of canadians are going to watch and comment you go on twitter you can hear if people like what i'm doing or not like it's <laughs> it's it's, and it's amazing right like it's pretty uh uh nerve-wracking for people but i, I think at the heart of uh you know what started go off and has continued on is just this you know i'm not i, I guess i'm not afraid to fail and uh I, I think that's always really important
0: that's awesome man uh in terms of like from from a personal side, we talked a little bit from uh, from a work side. W- what about just in, in life? If you were going to take career and work out of it, uh, yeah. what was – what's something that you've ch- had a challenge with personally?
1: <laughs> you know, there's a book called The Alchemist. I uh, yep. read it.
0: I had a long You're time right? ago. I was actually thinking of rereading it.
1: Yeah, it's a great book, right? And it talks a lot about it. It builds in some of those things, right, where you feel guilty. You feel that people won't support you in chasing your dreams and your personal legend, and then when you achieve your legend, you feel guilty. And, and, I, and I I think it kind of is a nice bridge to what I just talked about, right, of you know chasing your dreams and not being afraid of failure and, and know that people will ultimately will want to support you. But I think um, the other thing you struggle with a bit is, is you, there is a sense of like not guilt but you know i i come from a big family and there's a whole varying degree of challenges that, that have, that's happened through my family and it's just you know that it, it makes you appreciate the contingencies of your gift and uh you know obviously my brother's uh, john who has been was also very successful successful um i always really respected him because he took his gifts and used them as a platform to help people versus you see a lot of People that feel entitled because of, you know, that they, they deserve what they get. And man, there's a lot of luck and there's a lot of contingency in the gifts that we have that complement the hard work to get us results. But I, I just think there's that internal battle of, you know, a little under, you feel a bit underlying guilt and and also balance of how much should I appreciate where I am versus continuing to push forward. I think it's always a, a tension of gratitude versus, uh, Agreed.
0: Well, I think we should always be pushing forward. I don't think, I think that's, I don't, I don't think that's actually, I think that's a little bit of a false dichotomy. I think we need to appreciate where we are and just always be pushing forward.
1: Um, but I definitely get your point though. Yeah. Like, let me, let me rephrase it. Like as an example, right. It's, it is, you know, at what points do you say that, you know, I deserve that next job, right. And, and, and chasing that versus being like, man, uh, that battle of business maturity, I think continues all the time because you you always see your results through your lens that seems better than everyone else. And so that balance of uh, being appreciative of where you are versus wanting more and pushing beyond what is, um, you know, maybe acceptable. I think that's always this, this balance.
0: So that speaks a lot more to just a lot of things that I'm thinking about, um, uh, you know what I've been really trying to, you know how they talked about like pride. I think pride is one of the seven uh, sins, or right? Yeah. Um, they and that one never like. I didn't really understand that one quite as much, but I definitely think about substituting like recently. The more you can substitute pride for just gratitude, I think that that's. I think that that's actually one of the keys to to everything. I think a lot of time we pretend that we control a lot more than we do and that we are more responsible for our success than we actually are. And don't get me wrong, like to be successful, you got to act, you got to work hard, you got to jump on opportunities. Like, it's not like we don't have impact in it, but there's just so many things like just in life and nature, like where we're born and all of these things that have lined up to give us those opportunities to like work hard that, you know, at the end of the day, we have to just be supremely grateful and understand that, you know, we're responsible for the outcomes of our life. But at the same time, like we, we don't, we control very little. So I, uh, I'm I really trying to look at everything through the lens of gratitude versus pride. Has been helping me.
1: I, you and I could play basketball twelve hours of the day, day since we were born, we would not be in the NBA. Like there, there's a human lottery in life that I think we, we should appreciate probably more than we do, and I think that's. Just- if you even take
0: it farther back, like you just think about like how like the sun works to. Uh, evaporate water and then that turns into rain and that's how all the plants grow and like the bug the birds eat the bugs and the animals eat the birds and we the like just there's such a huge domino effect of the the world of how it all works together. I know I'm getting a little deep there but I just I think it's there's so many crazy things that have to line up for us to be able to do what we do. Um, I sorry, I went on a little tangent there, but I I think you you hit you hit on a nerve because that's something that I think about a lot or lately at least.
1: Yeah, but these are big questions, right? Like, man, I think the stickiness of uh, you know, our the moments that we have in life is this past weekend what happened in Saskatchewan. It's just like it's just mind-shattering and in, in time in, in your perspective of life, like. Right? What do I want to be remembered for? Uh, you know, what are the things that I'll define myself by? It, it gets into places where I, we probably don't go there enough. That's why I love uh, dinners and bottles of wine with Noble because, you know, you're able to explore those topics. Yeah, important. I agree.
0: Um, you know what I've been trying to do since we moved out here? One of the benefits of moving to this uh, new house is we're a lot more, like, uh, outside of the city, so you get to see the the stars and the water and nature a lot more. So it's kind of like every before I go to bed, I just try and look up those stars, and it just it's so humbling to you know think about like how small speck you are actually in the the grand scheme of things. So uh, maybe just a couple of last questions. Uh, you 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 just got you just got married. Um, how did uh? Yeah. How, how, how did you know Atlanta was the one? So you know, strapping young, <laughs> successful businessman athlete. How did uh,
1: how did you know Atlanta was the one? The uh, and we, I think at the uh, heart of every time we hung out, it was fun, and uh, I think that is uh, such an important thing in life that your partner should be somebody that you can have a lot of fun with. Uh, I think inherently, I have a lot of fun in life, things to share. So. The, she loves the, the, She adds to that experience, and she has a bit of an edge, Be able to push back to the some of the craziness that I bring to the table. So I think it was.
0: Yeah, she, she's not just fun. She's like fun, but uh, yeah, I like that fun with a little bit of an edge. Like she has an attitude, and you know she's gonna like get pushed around. Yeah, we, uh,
1: man, I'll never forget. We were at uh, Soldier Field in Chicago uh, for play. And I've never been in a rainstorm like this. And we were singing our hearts out, and it was just like pure. Like that was the moment where I realized I'm like, this is somebody that you know you can spend the rest of your life with. She she was not running for cover.
0: Uh, all right, I got I got three questions left, and then we'll wrap it up. This right, this rapid fire. I, well, you know, there's three questions you can answer them how you like. How about that? Um, so one big one you're moving from canada to the us you're moving from toronto to new york um this this counts for one question like what are you excited about and also what are you nervous about maybe taking job away from it but just uh sort of moving around
1: yeah i mean if you believe that you're trying to live a life less ordinary going on in new york city is such a singular experience like be able to live in the Big Apple, I think is going to be uh, something that you'll look back on the rest of your life. So, very excited. Um, Can't wait to try all the restaurants to, you know, discover Central Park to, you know, all the culture that's there. So, that's awesome. I think the, uh, you know, the only thing that you always try to understand is getting to a place where you are with a family is how does this all end, right? How does the balance work? Because, you know... uh, the, the speed dial is going to get turned up in New York. And, uh, I think that's just the thing when you look forward is how do you, I think balance is going to be the challenge. Oh, that's cool.
0: Those are, that's a good answer. Um, and then, uh, if, uh, you, you've had a lot of cool, uh, cool experiences, uh, sort of that we've talked loosely about without actually getting into any, uh, details. if, uh, if I was going to put you on the spot, what was one of those cool experiences? Like what's, what's one that, you know, I I don't want to put you in the corner and say it was the best, but what's one of the ones that stands uh, above the, the rest, the, one of those things that you just remember forever?
1: Yeah, so there's been a few. I think the Super Bowl in Arizona, um, you know, the Sunday morning of the game, Dan – Dan's dad was down, who uh, was terminally ill, and he surprised them with tickets. Not just any tickets, like row one, end zone, for the Super Bowl. Um, you know, just to be part of that and see what that meant, obviously, to Dan and his dad. Um, beyond the game, it was an amazing weekend, but in that moment, I think it delivered everything he wanted to in terms of the friendship, so... Uh, I think that Yeah.
0: That's a prime example, too, of taking something, uh, you know, frivolous like football and beer and, uh, and you know, what you were just talking about, but actually turning it in, like, being of service with it. I think that's, uh, you know, it t- ties it all together. Uh, and then if finishing off here, I. I am actually going to split this into two questions. What's bad advice you hear uh, either kind of in your field uh, or maybe for someone like early in their career? Like what's, what's bad advice that, that you hear commonly given?
1: Good question. Stay in your lane. I hate that. I hate when people say stay in your lane. I think uh, you know it connects into these ideas of chasing ideas, pushing past no, uh, you know, doing what other people talk about doing. You have to get out of your lane. Like uh, you stay in your lane, you probably only do a certain set of things. And I think it's really energizing uh, to be able to get out of your lane, see things from different perspectives case ideas. is be curious and, uh, create, you know, two plus two equals 20 and probably at the heart of everything you're doing right now is, is that yeah, kind of attitude, right? Got to get out of the line, get out of your lane. Uh,
0: and then the, the final one. So this one, uh, I, I, I always like that, that question of, you know, if you could sort of go back and, and give yourself some advice and I, I want to take away the, you know, I think you're very happy where you are and wouldn't want to change anything. So it's not a matter of changing where you are today. Um, If you could go back and if you ran into that that guy, uh, what age would you go back to and what advice would you
1: give? Uh, I would probably go back to coming out of university, so uh, 24-ish. And, uh, I think the advice, you know, I used to ask this question, would you rather know how you're going to die or who you're going to marry? You know? And like, I think it, uh, it it's a like, which way do you want to know? And it's like, don't worry, life unfolds as it should. And I think that attitude of who cares who, you know, when you're going to get married or how you're going to die or where you're going to work or, you know, these big questions that create a lot of anxiety for people Uh, because you kind of want to speed up life and get to these big milestones. I think that patience, that underlying patience, that life unfolds as it should, is is probably a piece of advice I'd give um, because that nervous anxiety and energy to want to speed up time because we don't have that much time. And so to enjoy every minute is important. And I think as part of that, it would just be to continue to make efforts to stay in touch with people. I think it is... You know, I, I'm a big believer that death ends a life, not a relationship. And you know, the relationships that you have through the moments that you share and make with people is, you know, live on far beyond your time here. And so I think just constantly trying to challenge yourself to make sure that you're, you're making time for people is uh, connected to that idea of wanting to speed up time. It's, let it slow it down and enjoy it with friends and people through moments uh, maybe, 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 uh I wouldn't say advice because I think I've done some of it, but just uh, reinforce to be more. Uh, you
0: know, I think that's, I, you as you're saying that, I'm like, oh, what a good one to to button this up on. But uh, I, I realize I didn't ask you anything. I, I would love to give a shout out to uh, Hopewell. And just, you know, it's obviously been a, a big part to your life. If you're just going to give a sort of one letter, uh, liner to what is uh, Hopewell, and maybe we could just give them a quick shout-out. And then just maybe is there anything you've learned by sort of growing up with your parents, like starting Hopewell? Like is there something that's rubbed off on you from from the Hopewell being uh, being such a factor?
1: Yeah, I mean, Hopewell is a, is a home for severely handicapped children and, you know, permanent home. Uh, also a respite for families that try to handle, handle you know, raising uh, handicapped children on their own. They need respite weekends away from that. So, uh, you know, that's the concept. And, uh, you know, it's very clear. It's probably at an early age that this, this contingency of our gifts and the idea that, you know, it's, we're, all li- we're all winners of the human lottery of life. And I think when you have that perspective, you may, you try to appreciate more and more what you can do to help people that don't have the same level of success or gifts or, or luck. So I think that's... Uh, that's my perspective on, on what hope will That's
0: awesome, man. I uh, I love it and uh, love and appreciate you and appreciate you uh, taking some uh, taking some time, man. It's I it's just fun to be able to ask you some okay, of these questions.
1: Do I get a question? Yeah, do you want
0: a question? I was actually gonna little...
1: Yeah, I want to ask you a question, man. Guy trying to figure it out. What what is one thing that you learned in this uh, podcast today? One of the
0: things that I learned in this
1: podcast today. Yeah.
0: I I liked that, so I I won't, I won't say this as something that I that I learned, um, but I do like the I liked that quote that you gave uh, just now of uh, death ends life and not a not a relationship. I think that's that's big. Uh, I think it just reconfirmed for me how in aligned that I think you and I are on a lot of these things. Like, you know, uh, how you make decisions. Like, obviously I knew that, but hearing you articulate it in your perspective, it's, it's kind of like we've known each other for a long time. So I know a lot of the broad strokes, but, you know, how you get gran, like how you granularly define it of, you know, do I feel like I'm growing? Do Am I enjoying what I'm doing? I think that's, you know, it, it's similar to how I think about it, but I, I kind of like that, uh, you know, it, it's even simpler the way you've done it. Um, I, I also like, uh, you know, just the philosophy of, um, being able to impact people like in a positive way, you know, I just having that kind of underlying tone. It's, um, you know, you never hear of, it, it just kind of as uh, underlined for me um you know you, you haven't heard once you know like that title or money or, or this or that and you know it's actually i think a lot of it is uh you know if you look on the surface it's beer it's marketing it's a lot of sports it's events but it's i think what motivates you a lot is being of service and adding to the people around you and that's the probably the best way to get to a place like you are today. So it's, it's pretty awesome.
1: That man. means we're going to share a uh, Stella in New York city soon.
0: Hey buddy. I, I love that you and Stella, you got me hooked on Stella <laughs> sort of way back in the, in the day. And, uh, and you know what I do, I do think it has a lot to do with brand because we, we drank so much Stella that I just relate it to so many positive experiences that uh, I just love it. So, a uh,
1: huge fan. listen, man. man, and we don't say it enough. Love you, man. And, uh, looking forward to hosting it in the, uh, Big Apple. Can't wait, buddy. All right. What? All right. So we're done. What, what did you think, man? How, how was that? Uh, no, it's good, man. It's, uh, <laughs> here's a metaphor that I, I didn't use in your podcast, but I've also really, I think is a good, very good, uh, way to express this experience. If it's like, Imagine a box, The right, uh, rectangle, and then you're in the middle as like a penny. And that's the knowledge that you have is the penny. And as you learn more and experience more things, you know, you, you grow the diameter. It becomes the size of the nickel, it some the size of the quarter. But everywhere that you're touching, for the outside of the, of the, the quarter, that's touching the rest of the space in the box, is your knowledge up against what you don't know. And so – what I love about that metaphor is like the the more you start to, you know, learn and explore and discover about yourself and build knowledge, you start to grow the diameter and the size of the, what you know, but really all you're doing is you realize how much more you don't know because, you know, the diameter becomes even wider and you touch more of the space in the box. That is the, all the knowledge in the world. And I, I just find these uh, experiences make you realize how much, you know, you don't really know like about yourself and like, That there's still questions you have, that probably need a lot of uh, exploration still.
0: Oh man, you're preaching like that. that, Well, it's kind of weird. Like that's one of the reasons. Well, one, uh, when I was looking for domains, I, it was hard to find a domain that I liked when I was doing that random search that one day. But the other thing was like, I just, I a hundred percent didn't want it to be like uh, any of this stuff to be like, I know stuff and want to tell people stuff like that's not any motivation for any of this stuff. It's like, it's like the more I know, the less I know, (laughs) you know? So it's like, it it, it just, I was trying to find a way to always be clear that I'm like, I I just want to learn more about all this stuff, man. So to learn as we go. So that's fun, man. It's a good excuse to, uh, get to talk to you for an hour.
1: No, it's great, man. It's good. It's a, You know, there's big questions there that deserve to be discussed and and explored.
0: Thanks for listening and supporting the podcast. If you listen this long, either you like the podcast or your friends and family And you feel like you have to listen to the podcast. Either way, I would really appreciate you putting down a review. It really helps uh, other people find the podcast and help us get really cool guests. So, I appreciate it. To the next.